nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And this is Leanne Meyer. Um, We're talking today about what makes nurses greater than they already are. And that would be exceptional leadership. So um, in the past, I've talked several times about creating cooperative workplaces, uh, the value of nurse leadership, the language that creates productive communication, and many more things on this show in the last 20 months or so. Uh, We know that there is a crisis in nursing that involves burnout and bullying. And we have learned that nurses don't leave bad organizations, they leave bad managers. In the work that I did in a hospital system in St. Paul, we taught managers how to retain employees, the do's and don'ts, and we heard back from them that it was these classes that kept them in their job and feeling like they could be more effective. My guest today is Len Robinson. He's a practicing CRNA and about to speak in August, is it at the AARN? AANA, yes. AANA convention. And he is an entrepreneur several times over and has been thinking about leadership for a long time. What what made it work in his military experience and what has made it work since? I'll let him tell you more about what he is launching now. So welcome, Blend, back to the show. This is your third time on the show. The first time we talked about burnout and the second time uh, kind of how to reinvigorate your love of nursing again if you've been in a burnout situation. So now we're talking about leadership. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Leanne. I really appreciate another opportunity to speak to your audience. And um, yeah, so leadership, it's uh, its very important to me. I do have a background in the military where I, I picked up some leadership theory and skills However, it's, I guess, my work in the field where I've recognized really great leadership and leadership that is uh, not so good. And, and I found kind of a formula or recipe to help leaders because not all nurses gain formal education in, in leadership. They just kind of are promoted through the ranks and and there's certain things that can be applied for any leader that is really effective in building a better culture. And um, yeah, so so why this topic today? Um, above all else, I really wish to shine a light on this disengagement and burnout crisis many nurses are experiencing today. And, uh, and next to point out that if changes do not occur, and that's beginning at the individual nurse level, we will be facing in the very near future a major shortage of nurses. And, um, and then finally, I hope all listeners will take away a message that, that we all have the ability to make these incremental changes in ourselves to improve our workplace culture. But 
leadership has by far the largest influence on nurses, and that is regarding workplace culture and nurse retention. In fact, managers account for about 70% of an employee's job satisfaction. So therefore, great leadership is truly the linchpin to help us uh, reverse this course. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right about um, nurses being um, uh, promoted just, you know, from the ranks. So you've got an excellent nurse who does excellent bedside care and maybe even is a good team uh, person. And then you put her into a management position with little or no um, understanding of what management is about, what works, what doesn't work, all of those kinds of things. So you may have somebody whose personality is just not geared toward the things that need to be done in a management position. So... um, Tell us a little bit more about what your thoughts are. Yeah, I um, well, one thing, uh, just to kind of follow up with what you said, um, I firmly believe that um, leaders are not born, they're made or created. So really anyone can become a leader. It's just a matter of the mindset and use, using uh, tools and strategies. Practice. And practice, <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, talk a little bit about, uh, I mean, I mentioned just briefly what we had talked about in the previous shows, but why don't you um, bring us back up to speed on, on what was in those shows? Yeah. What's at stake if we don't start placing the well-being of nurses uh, front and center? In other words, I'd like to just briefly talk about what's the cost of not taking care of our nurses. And on the previous show, on the, actually the first show where I talked about burnout, I went into quite, quite a lot of detail about it. So, um, so the fallout from ignoring the well-being of our frontline nurses is what we're currently experiencing at alarming rates today. And um, that is we're seeing burnout, bullying, disengagement, and turnover like never before. And a lot of studies are being done, a lot of uh, surveys. And what what the surveys are showing is that 83% of hospitals report identifying retention as an imperative. However, less than 40% have a formal strategy to address it. So there is a gap there. And the average cost of turnover for each nurse that leaves is uh, between thirty-eight and sixty-one thousand dollars, and I bet that's going to go up too as uh, we have a, a lack of nurses. Um, the wages and the cost to recruit nurses is going to go up too. Absolutely, and uh, so just a one percent change can either save or cost the average hospital the the survey show about three hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars, and this amounts to. Nurse. Yeah, yeah. That well, that's a one percent. So for every one percent change in um, in retention, that's the cost. So it's it's really quite spendy. And what that translates to is about four point four to seven million dollars per year for the average hospital. It's just astounding the cost of uh, turnover. And um, and as you mentioned, RN jobs are on the rise, and I feel it's probably due to our 
aging population. So there's going to be an increasing need for nurses as we go forward. In fact, 45% of hospitals report that they are adding nursing positions in, or they added nursing positions in 2018. Now, eventually, the, the reason most of us choose a career in nursing becomes irrelevant because the quality of patient care terribly suffers. And um, this is often due to poor staffing and high patient acuity. In fact, I hear story after story about these horrible positions acute care nurses are placed in that actually jeopardizes patient care and their license. Mm -hmm. And I talked about that in detail. I think it was the first show. So, um, yeah, that's just a little background and review. Okay. Um, So um, let's talk more about what the role leadership plays in um, creating a, a, a positive workforce. I, I have to laugh, too, because I put that in the, the creating a, a positive work culture in my introduction and didn't know that you had, oh, had planned perfect. to talk about that. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, so, again, leadership really is the linchpin in changing the course or correcting course. And... Um, and I call those that adopt and implement a more people-focused skill set or those that create a human-to-human connection with their staff, I call them legendary leaders. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of the branding and, and it's kind of the, the, the tag that I use. So I, I view these legendary leaders as people that are um, driven by a higher purpose that transcends the, I guess, for lack of a better term, the commodity-driven managerial style yes. and the budget-centric healthcare systems that are so common today. Mm-hmm. And um, so to avoid becoming this commodified manager, if you will, I hope you, the listener, will agree to elevate your leadership skills to inspire, empower, and engage those that you lead. Because I believe that it it's this homogenized or homogenization of management that has contributed to this workforce disengagement crisis we're now facing today. And again, it, go, it stems back to the lack of leadership training. Mm-hmm. And there's been so much uh, research and study and, and new theories on how to lead people effectively that uh, that's really what's that has me excited and sharing this message. There is a lot that can be done. And um, and I understand the importance of managerial tasks. However, I am making a clear distinction between manager and leader. Because I, I do feel that not all managers are good leaders, but all good leaders must also manage. But they even manage in a more these really good leaders, they are able to manage in a people-centric, deliberate, and effective manner. So, um, and I feel that it will be these exceptional leaders that will steer the ship, and they, these legendary leaders, I like to call them, Mm -hmm. will, again, make things right. And you'll hear me say this over and over, over, excuse me, that legendary leaders are those that are able to both inspire 
and empower their team. And it has proven that units or departments, facilities, and healthcare systems with this leadership philosophy, they'll be the most successful. Mm -hmm. And don't you think that a lot of the empowerment and being able to lead comes from a relational connection with your staff? Absolutely. If you're the person who is in your office all the time, has no idea even the names of the people on the floor, maybe you know your staff, but you don't know their situations, what, you know, what their home situation is, and uh, do they have children, are they taking care of older parents, what are some of the situations that they deal with, and be willing to um, talk about those things and work those into what are the needs of each person and how can I meet as many of them as possible. Absolutely, you nailed it, Leanne. Yeah, well, (laughs) (laughs) then they're done that. So, again, uh, I, I believe that this leadership philosophy when it's implemented in whether it's a unit, department, healthcare system, mm-hmm. it'll lead to success in terms of uh, employee sat- satisfaction and engagement, mm-hmm. uh, patient experience and patient satisfaction. And interestingly, the studies uh, and the research show that a byproduct or an und- unintended consequence of these improvements will be an improved bottom line for the facility or the healthcare system in which these, this new style of leadership is uh, implemented. And actually, it's not all that new either. Um, some of these things have been around and been, uh, are, have been used. But what amazes me is that I was fortunate enough to be in an organization that used all of these things. I had incredible people I was working with and learning from. And I sort of assumed that that was across the board was happening um, in the whole nation. And that doesn't seem to be the case. So let's talk about that when you get to a unit or you get to a department or facility um, that isn't functioning well. Then what can you do to, to, to turn? I mean, you think about riding a ship, but, you know, it's kind of like that where a big ship doesn't just turn on a dime. It takes a while mm-hmm. and some very thoughtful uh, uh, movements to make it turn. Right. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's exactly right. And um, now it's it's a, like you said, it's a process and it's going to take time and it can be painful. But first, I feel that leadership must now for those scenarios where the ship is off course, so to speak, where you're having issues, where you're having retention issues and engagement problems. I first feel that leadership must simply acknowledge that a culture problem exists. Mm-hmm. That's a big first step, acknowledging yeah. it. And then next, leadership I feel should take full responsibility for the existence of the culture problems and commit to improvement. And I also feel that to really make an effective change, a line must be drawn in the sand to halt the deterioration of morale in the culture and then implement an immediate plan of action. And, um, what you can do uh, next, which I think is very important, is get a temperature of the unit, so to speak. So you assess the culture from the standpoint of each and every team member, um, even your ancillary staff and the patients you serve. Uh, patient surveys are a good source, but also getting out there and actually speaking to mm-hmm. patients to 
gain uh, a perspective of what their experience is like while they are a patient. And when you think about it, this is no different than restaurants, a good restaurant. The owner of the restaurant or the person who's in charge for that particular shift is out talking to people. Yeah. And, you know, is your food good? Is it warm enough? You know, those are the same kinds of things that leaders need to know Absolutely. what's going on and who are their best people and can those best people work with others also teaching right. them. And, and I guess uh, this also means getting to know and understand what all of your customers want and your customers in this sense, um, it's being your staff and even patients, mm-hmm. uh, your department serves. But also, the leader's customers are the upper-level management mm-hmm. that they report to. Right. So it's a, it's a lot of uh, communication, a lot of, mm-hmm. of assessing. And then um, next. Uh, One minute to break. Okay. Um, is this a good place to stop or should we? Um, uh, maybe just uh, two, okay. there's two more points I wanted to All make right. about this that I think are really uh, critical. And I think um, if the leader commits to learning some proven and effective methods to lead in a matter that both inspires and empowers, it's critical. And then finally, it's imperative that leader take aggressive measures to counsel and coach staff members that have become actively disengaged. You and I have talked about Mm -hmm. this offline, but the actively engaged employee are those that regularly speak negatively about staff, about the job, their patients, and the facility. And it's often the actively engaged that engage in bullying activities. Disengaged, the actively disengaged. The the actively disengaged, I'm sorry, yes. And this behavior becomes a cancer that spreads like a wildfire. And if this is not a significant behavioral change after exhaustive uh, measures to both uh, counsel and coach these individuals out of that behavior, Mm -hmm. I recommend that these employees be terminated because it is such a serious issue. It is. It's um, kind of like the the rotten apple spoils the barrel. Um, You know, these these, uh, sayings didn't come from nowhere. They um, still hold true today in many different ways. Let's uh, take a break here. And then we'll come back and talk a little bit more of some of these topics. So today uh, we're talking about what makes nurses greater, and that would be exceptional leadership. So how do we get exceptional leadership? Come back on the other side of the uh, commercial, and we'll talk some more about it. I'm talking with Len Robinson about exceptional leadership. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. 
Pod. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900%, and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact Senior Executive Producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing if you're just joining us. And I am Leanne Meyer. We're talking today about what makes the nurses even greater. And that is exceptional leadership. I'm talking with Lynn Robinson, who is an um, uh, active CRNA and has um, been a CEO of a couple of, at least a couple different companies. And he's always looking at what can make things better. So that's what we've been talking about is um, some of the work he's been doing on how to uh, just make incredible leaders. And they're not um, crazy out of this world kind of ideas. They're very straightforward kinds of things. So um, let's, Let's talk a little bit more about what steps a leader themselves. So maybe you're in an organization that doesn't support managers or leaders, and you're trying to do this on your own. What are the things that you need to do to become an exceptional leader or what you call a legendary leader? Yeah, thanks, Leanne. And um, I believe that um, we first should start with your why. Um, So why do you want to or why did you want to become a leader in the first place? Um, Must be all that extra money, huh? Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is it simply uh, because you were thrust into the role, which does happen? But but I think that um, by by assessing that um, reason, it really does help to uh, guide your, your, your leadership skill development. And quite honestly, if your primary reason to be a leader or in a leadership role is at all self-serving, such as career advancement, mm-hmm. higher salary, power, prestige, mm-hmm. um, I, I hate to say this, but I think you need to find a different career because 
we are in desperate need of more really good leaders mm -hmm. that are in it for the right reason. And the very best leaders are in a leadership role to first and foremost facilitate the personal and uh, professional growth of their staff. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's your why. Um, and I'm sh there's a lot of other reasons, but above all else, it uh, should be for your your staff personal and professional growth. Um, next to, um, you know, a step to become an exceptional leader, I feel, is to know the primary responsibility of a truly effective and transformational leader. In other words, know that the very best leaders do two things exceptionally well. And these leaders both inspire and empower. And I say this over and over, but I really do believe that that is true. And I, I get it that it's it's easy to say, but it's it's not so easy to implement. It's it's hard to do. So to become a transform, uh, excuse me, a transformative leader is like learning any new skill set, and it's going to take time. Uh, it, it it involves going through this process that um, the experts call uh, four states of competence and. And it'll take time, but it's this learning journey, not necessarily the destination that provides enduring and transformational change. And it's that is what we need. We really do need transformational change that that will last. That's what our nurses in the on the front lines need. And and I love guiding my coaching and leadership clients through the uh, learning process. And it becomes easier when a framework like this um, uh, states of competence is referred to. It sort of lays out a roadmap. And I could, um, I could give you an example, my most memorable example of experiencing, experiencing all of these states of competence is when I was learning how to administer anesthesia. Mm -hmm. And um, the first, first phase is this unconscious, unconscious, incompetence and this is when I didn't know what I didn't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was a lot I was I was literally I am sure I looked like a deer in the headlights um, the next stage is conscious incompetence and this is when you start to have these aha moments and I developed some awareness of what I needed to know and um, then this uh, next level is conscious competence where I began to to learn and function at this very basic operational level, but it required an almost painful level of ongoing concentration. Mm -hmm. And then finally came this unconscious competence. And it was after months, perhaps even years of this deliberate practice where I challenged myself to become more, better and efficient. Mm -hmm. and, and it's then that I developed mastery in delivering anesthesia became essentially second nature. So it's this this process that learning any new skill set we, we go through. And, and it's this process that I love helping people through. Um, and, um, and I could talk on and on about this, but it's something that I want to um, eventually offer up to, to people. And we can talk more about that later. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> So, <clears throat> excuse me, um, 
so we've talked kind of in the the um, helicopter view, but when you get right down to the more nitty gritty of it, um, where do you think you learned the best management training? Where, where did you receive that? That's a good question. I um, in the military. I was in the military for eight years, deployed to Germany. And I had some amazing leaders. And you think military, you think just mm-hmm. hardcore mm-hmm. leaders, but top down. Yeah, but it's really uh, the the leadership that I experienced and the training I experienced. It wasn't that way. Um, it was very much like what I'm talking about here. In fact, the great leaders in the military do inspire and empower. If they, mm-hmm. I mean, how can you possibly? ask your yeah. your team to go into battle um, enthusiastically, if you mm-hmm. will, without having mm-hmm. inspiring or empowering those people. So, yeah, um, yeah I, that's when I really began to notice the difference between good and, um, or I should say great and good leadership. And in my experience as a nurse anesthetist, I have had an opportunity to travel to just about every medical setting from a very highly acute care um, multi-specialty hospital to a endoscopy center. Mm-hmm. And in that journey, I've experienced both really great leadership and horrible leadership. And, and now that I, you know, people are learning that I really have an interest in this and I hear stories mm-hmm. about So what kinds of things have you heard that people felt were great leadership? Somebody that really people would lay down their life practically for. Yeah, those that, um, oh, that's a great, uh, great question. And um, those that really um, are good leader or those that have experienced good leadership feel that, yeah, this, this person would take a bullet for me, Mm -hmm. that they really do put my needs above the needs of, say, the budget or Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, it's it's that type of of leadership that really does inspire. And because nurses want to work for a, a leader and not a boss. Yes. You know, most of us have had managers or leaders that would take, take a bullet for us. Um. Actually, it's interesting that you use that analogy because <clears throat> so many times nurses, uh, on the worst of times, will talk about being in the trenches together. Uh-huh. Um, uh, they, you know, I can remember sometimes when things were at the worst, you'd be saying, okay, where are the leaders now uh-huh. uh, when I really need them? And I was really fortunate to always, it seemed like every place I went, I had some pretty incredible leaders. And um, I didn't know it at the time because, you know, you just assume this is everywhere. But I think about some places, um, one uh, supervisor that I had on nights that you could just count on her. It almost like she had a sixth sense about what was going on on different units. And when ours would start to get really busy, um, I was working in OB at the time. And, um, you know, it always seems like things just come in threes or you know uh-huh. in groups or something and 
everything's very, very quiet. And all of a sudden, once one comes in, they just kind of keep coming. And she would always pull me aside in the in the heat of the battle, it felt like, and make me go through what what did I have for assets? You know, what were the needs? What did I already have for assets? What were the things that I needed, you know, like to call somebody else in? Would somebody from another unit work for just a few minutes or an hour or two? Um, could we call somebody back who had just been working the shift before? Could we call in the next shift and see if somebody could come in early? All of those things. I just hated it because I felt like, you know, what are you doing? I've got 25 things to do here right now, and you're stopping me and making me talk about all these things. But I finally began to realize that what she was doing was getting to the heart of it. Instead of just saying, get me more people, which sometimes is the worst thing that you can do, is, um, you know, to really look at what exactly is happening, how, what is it going to take to get it under control, and who are your best people to be able to do that Mm -hmm. and I will never forget her her name was Elaine Whalen and she was a mother of eight kids so I think she learned her organizational skills there but uh, certainly was just a a, a, incredibly impressive person to me in learning to for me to step back think it through before just trying to jump in and act. Mm -hmm. So she understood the importance of prioritization Mm -hmm. and how yeah effective that is yeah well and when things start to get really busy you think it's just going to get worse Mm -hmm. uh, you know all of a sudden but really you know what is it that you have to do Do, in my case I was working in obstetrics so uh, is this person who came in actually in labor Mm -hmm. Um, are you going to need a one-on-one nurse with that person or you know uh, is there some other things that could happen maybe you're just going to have them go to sleep for a while um, there's all kinds of different things to really look at what is the acuity of what you're dealing with, who are the people you have, and what can they do in addition to what they're already doing, mm-hmm. and um, and then, you know, who else have we got to call on before we start calling people in from the outside, and Absolutely. it was well, just great. great wisdom, and not certainly not something I would have known without her help. Yeah, there are people out there like that. I've had similar experiences with some great leaders in nursing and it it makes it much easier to be there mm-hmm. during those tough times that's mm-hmm. for sure um, you know we were talking about ways in which a, a great leader can inspire and I being a uh, certified life coach I mm-hmm. really believe in the power of coaching yeah and um, I believe that uh, we can inspire by placing the the well-being of our staff above all else and adopting this coaching philosophy. Mm-hmm. Now, um, not everyone is familiar with coaching, you know, when you compare it to mentoring or, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like that. So uh, coaching, this is a, actually the definition from the ICF, uh, the International Coaching Federation. Coaching is uh, partnering with clients mm-hmm. and a thought-provoking and creative process that inspires them to maximize their personal and professional potential. So whenever possible, if a leader, whether it be a the charge nurse, the manager, can implement this coaching philosophy into their their practice, it really is effective. In fact, the coach And coaching is different than telling. 
Yes. I think a lot of managers say, you do this, you do that, and in an emergency, you can do that. But coaching is something completely different. Uh-huh. Um, can you give an example of like somebody that you coached that, you know, or maybe even a, not a, a certain person, but maybe a, a yeah. com- combination of different sure. people? I could tell you that, you know, if a coach or a leader in this case um, guides the, the client or team member, it, they're going to be on a, on a journey to this higher self-awareness and increased confidence. And a large part of the, the coaching journey is forming this understanding of and the elimination of obstacles to success. And some examples, um, they can be used, these coaching strategies can be used by leaders in countless scenarios. You know, for example, even just micro interactions with a team member in the morning, say at the desk, can can get kind of a feel for how that person's doing. Maybe you've had some concerns about a, a specific uh, team member, specific nurse. Um, you can use coaching to work through excessive sick calls. You know, if there's a person that is calling in sick too often, uh, can use it to help eliminate bullying. And then there's also fun stuff like the professional growth and educational advancement of your mm-hmm. your staff. So, um, yeah. So the the coach really um, does guide the the team member on this journey, and when it's applied um, correctly, it can be very um, satisfying and constructive, satisfying for the coach Mm -hmm. and constructive for the the team member or the nurse that's being coached. Absolutely. Because the team members should come out not feeling like they've been chastised, but more that they have uh, stretched their own intellect Mm -hmm. and had a safe place to be able to talk about a certain situation. Here's what was going on. Here's what I did. Here were my options. Um, this is my my thinking pattern that I went through in each of these options. And a nurse, often, you do it in a second uh-huh. or several seconds. You don't even really realize what you've done. But if somebody can slow you down to a point where they can talk you through, you know, did you realize you had more than one option? Uh-huh. And what were those options? And why did you rule out so quickly? That's not going to work. That's not going to work. This is the one I have to do. Yeah, and it's all it's all done through powerful questions that mm-hmm. the, the coach or the leader right. in this case mm-hmm. asks. And it's it's a skill that is uh, very powerful. Um, in fact, the next uh, area of uh, inspiration that I was going to talk about, the next way in which a leader let's, can... Should we wait until after the break? Because oh, okay. we're right at oh, a break, we at point break point again. Okay. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's, let's uh, dive into that after we get back. So, um, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm talking with Lynn Robinson, and we're talking about exceptional leadership, um, not only uh, developing it, but what impact that has on the nurses that are being led. So, we will be back in just a couple of minutes. Life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. 
If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact senior executive producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or a single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back, and thank you for uh, returning or sticking with us. Um, This is Leanne Meyer, and I'm with Len Robinson. We're talking about a big topic, and it's one of those things that I get very frustrated about because this seems like such a small amount of time to really get completely into it. Um, What we've been talking about is um, some of the steps that leaders can take that help them go from just being a, a great leader or an exceptional leader to being a legendary leader. So what, what would you like to tell us about that? Yeah, so we've been talking about the steps, uh, things that people can do to, uh, leaders can do to improve their leadership skill set or leadership ability. And uh, the two primary things that I've mentioned that I feel are really instrumental are inspir- inspiring your staff and empowering your staff. So... Um, Again, along with um, the things that we've talked about previously, I'd like to t- 
talk about uh, emotional intelligence a bit. And I, I know we've all heard of emotional intelligence, but but how can that actually be applied to your leadership and your uh, leadership responsibilities? I feel that um, now I, I teach six steps to improving your um, emotional intelligence, but unfortunately we don't have time for that <laughs> today. But, um, you know, emotional intelligence, it really becomes a great advantage, particularly when coaching your team. Um, as uh, your emotional intelligence improves, so does your ability to read others and provide an atmosphere for growth. Mm-hmm. And um, emotional intelligence really is the ability to manage emotions which includes not only regulating your own emotions, but also the emotions of others. And um, this is really uh, critical uh, with improved emotional intelligence uh, comes a better understanding of the psychology behind bullying and and what you can do to eliminate it. Um, I guess in, in... my research, uh, insecurities resulting from a lack of emotional intelligence really is the root cause of many social ills like bullying. I mean, there's many others like racism and all kinds of, uh, you know, the list is quite. Yeah, long. we're getting kind of uh, an education in that right now. And, and to some extent, it's probably good because when you get it out there and see it, you can say, oh, okay. I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this may be beyond the scope of leader as coach, but by identifying the cause of these insecurities in an individual that is bullying and then help develop the emotional intelligence of that team member, it can be really effective at reversing bullying. And, um, yeah, another area is... um, that these, uh, what I call emotional entrainment, or it's a, when there's emotionally charged interactions that often occurs for a manager, there are these strategies that can be used to help uh, reset um, the emotions. And um, it's actually techniques that hostage negotiators use. Oh. It's really interesting. Um, and it's a technique where a, a leader skillfully resets an emotionally charged individual to the mm-hmm. desired functional emotional level. And again, it's pro- it's probably beyond the scope of our talk today, but it's just another and area. It's another that, one of those things. You can't just read an article about it or talk, have a conversation with somebody about it. You actually have to get into training that allows you to practice it, feel it, use it in different ways until you can feel confident to be able to use it in that real situation. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the other thing uh, I'd like to mention quickly before we uh, move on is um, one of the most critical components of uh, leadership. And, um, you know, your, your staff simply wants leaders they can trust and have their best best interest at heart and advocate for them. And uh, typically the satisfaction threshold for most of your employees is not really as high as you think. But, but if you take care of them, they will work hard mm-hmm. for you. Unbelievably hard. 
And um, again, your employers, employees, they just want a leader and not a boss. And perhaps the most important trait that a leader can have is it's this acronym uh, DWYSYWD. It's uh, DeWYSYWID, and that is simply do what you say you will do hmm. and keep promises, follow through, and deliver. And re- really, nothing adds more to the credibility of a leader than mm-hmm. doing what you say you will do. And um, yeah, so that's uh, that's in- inspiring. And, and now there's a lot of um, we could go into for empowering those that you leave. Yeah, I think we probably aren't going to have a lot of time to do that. Um, but I'd like to even just some of the things you did just talk about um, the idea of empowering. Um, it's a great word, but I don't know unless you've experienced it or you have done it for other people. I don't know if it's really um, easy to understand. So, um I was, as you were talking, I was thinking of an experience I had uh, on the OB floor when I was um, uh, an assistant clinical manager, and we had a huge influx of um, uh, OB patients that came in. Like, I think it was three times our normal, it would be about the number we would have in a month we had in a weekend, a holiday, July 4th weekend. Of course, no leaders around, nothing like that. And so we just really had to fend for ourselves. And we were actually at the point where we had to open a unit. It was an ICU unit that had been open for quite a a while, a year or more. And so we had to um, incorporate housekeeping. We had to incorporate other departments. We had to um, uh, get, you know, equipment that we needed for our uses we had to be able to figure out a system to be able to make sure the doctors knew where their patients were and, and the um, pediatricians to know where their babies were. We had to figure out what mother babies were stable enough to go to this unit. There were all kinds of things that had to be figured out. And when the leaders got back on, I don't know if it was Monday morning or you know, a couple of days later at any rate, Several of the top leaders were like, well, why did you do this? You know, and this was not a good idea. And you just opened the unit without asking us. Well, you weren't really around. So my boss, I was really uh, impressed. She really sat me down and she went through every single decision. I was in charge. Um, every single decision that I had made and what the how I decided what resources I was going to bring in, how I utilized the people who were already there. Um, we called some people in and I asked them, here's what needs to be done. Who wants to do this? Mm-hmm. And I actually had somebody who volunteered to open that unit and figure out all of the things. She loved it. She thought it was just the best mm-hmm. thing. This is what she's doing on her 4th of July weekend. And she thought it was great. So by being able to explain every single step, what I had done, my boss was then able to go back to her bosses and explain why not only was it a good thing, it was it was the proper thing to do at the time when no one was there to ask. Mm-hmm. That's a but, great that's but, a great example of empowerment. Yeah, and that's what it did. Is I was having some questions of should I have done this or maybe this would have been done better or um, you know somebody else might have handled this better than I did. But in being able to talk through with her each step of the way, and she wasn't even saying yeah, that's a really good idea or whatever. She really made me almost like a, 
a PhD dissertation. I had to defend what it was I was doing and why I did it. And because she could support me on every single one of those, she went to bat for me. And I didn't get into any trouble. I'm sure she um, probably, yeah, I don't know if she got into any trouble. If she did, she didn't tell me about it. Um, So we're just really three minutes or so from the end of the show. And I want to make sure that we get to this point of, um, I believe that 90% of the people who go into nursing go into it because they want to have the very best patient care possible. So what difference will these things that you're proposing make to that frontline nurse, uh, to the leaders and and patients? Yeah, for the nurses, I feel that um, they'll experience if these things can be implemented and practiced and become part of the culture, I feel that there will be less burnout, there will be improved job satisfaction, and improve well-being. We didn't really have a chance to talk about the well-being issue, mm-hmm. but um, I think nurse leaders can have a real big impact there. Mm-hmm. And then for the nurse leaders, um, they'll have uh, a clearly identified roadmap to improve their skill set, resulting in an improved culture, decreased turnover, and uh, improved job satisfaction because being a leader can be very difficult and we kind of take that for granted, but uh, by being able to implement some of these things, it really does improve the satisfaction level of leaders. And that's been proven. Uh, and then for the patients, they'll probably be the greatest beneficiary of this uh, improved uh, care resulting from the optimized well-being of all the nurse caregivers. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah, you know, it, it truly is. And um, yeah, I think we're getting near the end. But you know, I'd like to invite nurse leaders interested in taking a deeper dive into this fascinating topic to join other like-minded uh, leaders to my master group. And I called it, as you can guess, uh, become a legendary leader. Mm-hmm. And in this uh, virtual mastermind group, We'll go into more detail regarding the issue, uh, the issues I've introduced. But more importantly, we'll help one another work through these specific How issues. How would they get a hold of you? Yeah, they can. Um, they can email me at len at illumination.com. and that's alum as an illumination, I L L U M E A Nation N A T I O N dot com. Okay. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to that hear from anyone great. interested. Well, I think uh, there's lots of work to be done on this, and it's yeah. really reassuring to know that there are people who are working on it. So um, this is really a topic that's very close to my heart, and um, I have lived through an organization that went from much dissatisfaction to great satisfaction on all levels uh, because of these very kinds of tips that you're talking about. So I am going to end here. Uh, This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and I've been here today with Len Robinson. We've been talking about exceptional leadership. (music) 
Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.